After I lost this hand, this hand became extra sensitive. <laughs> I think you know what I mean. The reason I bring this up, Nancy, is I'm not going to be able to pay that check. But I think I've got something much more valuable I can give you. Much more than $22.89. Double that, at least. Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hey, Deadites, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Rich. And I'm Chris. This is the Evil Deadcast episode nine. And we're at yet another convention. And I, you know, when we talked to Lucy Lawless last week, I asked her if she would like to come to a Walker Stalker. I don't know if she was just being nice, but if she said if she was in the area, she would. So that'd be pretty awesome if we could get her to come. That would yeah, be totally. great. Get her out. I, she, she'd fit right into one of these, I think. Yeah. What'd you think? Did you listen to the interview, Chris? You did, right? I did. You guys did a great job. Thank um, you. You know, but Jason, Thanks. you're a, you're an old pro at, at, uh, interview. I was nervous. I, I, Rich, you really kept your cool, but more than I thought you would and better than <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was kind of odd as experience as the first time I, it, I don't know. It felt disconnected. You know, I, I'm sure if she was in a room or something like that, I'd be like all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like thousands of miles away and, yeah. and a whole day away. But uh, I wish that we would have followed up on some of the more interesting things she said. Like you did catch that she said she watches murder trials for fun. Yeah. But uh, I would like to hear more about that. Like when I listened back to it, I was like, oh, we should have like gone into that a little bit more. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is pretty interesting, but it just would have been fun to hear about it. It's a bit of a strange hobby to have, but I can see yeah. how you could get into it. You know, there's a lot sure. of drama in a murder trial. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's she is a show. She you she was saying she likes to go get involved wherever she is, you know, experience the place. So. Yeah. She seemed enamored with uh, the southeast of the of the United States here. She also straight up lied to us, so I think we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Oh straight but, uh, up lied. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I really? think so. <laughs> Talk about drama. Sometimes uh, that's, that's her job though. You have to understand. Uh, that's hey, I no no I mean I was proud to be bamboozled by <laughs> <laughs> Zena. So let's get right into that kind of is a segue into our Deadcast Top 3. So this week it's our Top 3 Highlights for Season 1, Episode 6, right? Yeah. The Killer of Killers. So what would you guys think just generally? Did you like it? I loved it. I loved, loved, loved this episode. It was so damn awesome. I can barely describe how much I love this one. <laughs> this was my favorite for sure. Really? Yeah. All right. I, I, it was cool. amazing. It was, it was so tight, and uh, not a moment like I, not a moment was wasted or anything like that. Ash was amazing. Everything he did, I thought, was fantastic. Um, I enjoyed having more Pablo Kelly screen time. Um, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I find myself really. Uh, really enjoying when they're on screen together because they have a really good dynamic with Pablo sort of being in love with her and and then talking about, you know, what happened last week. Um, and then, of course, just amazing gore and stuff in this episode. I loved it. This yeah. was my favorite one of all of them so far. That's awesome. Me too. I thought it was awesome. Uh, uh, you know, after last week's episode where they were kind of cleaning stuff up and it went a little slow, there, this one was back right on it. Just like you said, Ash was in full character. 
Ruby's got some secrets. Amanda catches up with the trio. Women and children are flying all over the place. It was awesome. (laughs) Now you're in this expanded setting, you know, and and, and these situations where all the characters get some action and they all get funny lines to say. It was, uh, yeah, that 30 minutes or however long this episode is, what is it, 20 20 minutes or something like that? And it went by fast. Yeah, and... and some of this, some things in this episode surprised me and like came out, of, came out of nowhere. And I was just, I loved it. I was blown away by, by everything I saw. Yeah, was That's cool. really interesting. Cause, uh, what, after the, my first watch, I almost felt until the end, the opposite of what you guys are saying. Now this show often, when I wa- watch it the second time, I like it more. And I did this time too. But after that first one, I was just thinking, man, it, it it felt really slow up until the last like seven or eight minutes. And I kept thinking there would be a big action piece at the end. And, and thankfully there was. And I also thought that some of the jokes and stuff were hit or miss, but I watched it again. I liked it a lot more and we learned a lot and it was really fun. And the jokes that did hit were, were really great. So um, I'm not quite as enthusiastic as you guys, but I still feel like this is uh it's a super fun show and I can't wait to see, see it each week. And this was a good episode right up there with the other ones. Well, Jason, you're just wrong. It's too, <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> it's two against one. So I guess you're right. Exactly. Okay. Let's go ahead and on to number three. Who wants to go first? I'll go first again. If you want, I just want to mention for number three is the cold open. Uh, this show tends to have pretty good cold opens, I think. And I do like how the show transitions into the opening credits with a big blood splatter or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but this cold open, I thought, was especially good because it had a little bit of everything. I thought it was tense and thrilling and creepy um, and and just really, really great in general. Um, I thought that fire demon or skeleton thing looked really cool. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was Brujo, right? Yeah, that was, well, exactly. Brujo coming back, but, uh, um, I thought it looked amazing and, you know, it knew Ruby and they talked briefly (laughs) and we learned a little bit there. Mm. Um, and then, uh, a couple of other things that happened are things like the hand disappearing. And then when Ruby's in the house, there's that dark, dark cloaked figure behind her for a second before yeah, she turns around. that was around. really cool. Really, yeah, really creepy. well done. Just really, really creepy and scary. And uh, um, and then, of course, Ruby goes into the fire and we don't know what happened. I mean, she can't be dead, but it's a big, huge question of where she gone and how she yeah. going to fit into the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So There's I a lot they, of questions there. There's a lot of questions, but I think they did a great job um, with this cold open because it hooked me. It hooked me right away, you know? <laughs> you were watching this show and you didn't know it was evil dead that cold opening you'd think wow this is a scary movie yeah there was some horror movie stuff in there with the creepiness in the house and i mean the monster was uh sort of horror horror movie type monster i guess sort of supernatural anyways and uh but just really good really good yeah that was cool so i uh when i first heard that i thought it was latin but uh what she was saying you know but of course it was spanish and she said uh, she walked into the place and we're learning that she has a lot of knowledge about this kind of stuff. I mean, we already got hints of that because of that knife that she used against Kelly's dad when he was a deadite mm-hmm. and just that she knows how to fight them. And she she just seems to know and she knows about the book. And then when she was walking through Brewhouse place, she said, uh, bueno, bueno, Santa Muerta or something, which means 
Oh, and then she said, Unpas Descanso. I, I had Jenny listen to that. Hello, Saint of the Dead, rest in peace. Oh. And then um, when she's talking, well, then Brujo comes out and tells Amanda, Puta Pera. That means fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one. I <laughs> nice. from the kids at school. <laughs> but oh. then he said to uh, Ruby, you know, you double crosser. The others will never let you get the book for yourself and neither will I. So that sounds like she wants the book for herself, which is where Lu- I, I was trying to get Lucy Lawless. I was like, you know, in that last episode, she was trying to get Amanda not to think too hard, which makes me think that she has something else up her sleeve and she's not all that she seems. And she's like, oh, no, no, she's everything that she seems. She has her heart on her sleeve. Yeah, that was a weird line. I don't really know what that yeah. means. Yeah. <laughs> Some friendly banter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but it, it opens up a lot of questions, right? Yeah. About what? Ruby's actual intentions are does she just want to get the book and also what are what is her history with this thing because obviously the skeleton guy the flaming skeleton you know knew her and he re- uh-huh. referenced others and it's as if they've communicated before so sort of and if she's a double crosser it sounds like they were working together at yeah. one point yeah and then I started wondering I wonder if she's really related to the Noldies is she actually a daughter is she a yeah. sister we don't know. She could maybe not be. But uh, then again, um, I guess w- I w- uh, my question would be, why would she need to come up with that story as a cover? And I guess it would be to get Amanda's help. So that would be a fake motivation for her if she's not actually a Nobi. But she could just be a Nobi, but still just have different motivations. Like maybe she just simply wants to get the book so she can have a lot of power. Yeah. And do you think she just wanted Amanda's help just just to have someone on her side so taking down ash or getting the book would be a little easier like why would she need anyone's help yeah i i assume that's that's it yeah and maybe that's a little bit of a thin thing but it's just fun to have other people involved for the story i guess (laughs) i guess maybe she needs a sacrifice oh oh that could be could be yeah i'm excited to find out you know where she goes from here though and i what what actually happened to her when she rolled into the mm-hmm. into the fire? So, um, will she come back and still be Ruby? Will she still be in the same form? Who knows? I think she will at at least enough of the same form that Lucy Lawless can still play her. I hope so. And yeah. when Amanda went up to the fire, I think they made a point to show that there were no remains there. Right. Right. So yeah, where'd she go? Dragged to hell or something. Yeah, she's she's not on Earth anymore for a little while. I wanted to read this email that a listener Mofevo sent in. She she writes in a lot to Walking Dead Cast, but this was before this week's episode, just after what we saw last week. She said, Great podcast and interview with Lucy slash Ruby. You were discussing how there were only two choices between Ash and Lucy. Lucy, I would like to add an idea for another. Maybe Lucy is not after Ash, but after the book. I mean, it was her family who found the book. The book caused all the deaths in her family, and they were the authorities on the book. We really never were told why her dad was after the book. That's interesting. Plus, Ash's hand moving was tied to activity with the book and not to anything Ash was doing. Ruby... Mm -hmm is telling everyone she is after Ash and we think she is a good gal, but I'm guessing she knows how to harness the power of the book and that she is going to steal the book and release stuff from the book and Ash is going to start chasing her. Wow. What if she's a deadite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could be. That'd be interesting. I would be sad. 
<laughs> yeah, what do you want her to be? I want her to be topless. I mean, I want her to be. Uh... <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say that during the interview. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no disrespect. I just think she's beautiful. That's all. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say something like that, secretly hoping you'd say something like that during the interview last week. <laughs> Me too, actually. Probably would have made future interviews more difficult to get. <laughs> I almost yeah. said, you know, by the way, my co-host Richard here is totally in love with you, but I figured I might not want to do that without your permission. Yeah, no, I, I really did want to geek out on her, but I, I held back. I held back a lot. <laughs> okay, what's your number three, Rich? Uh, my number three is um, oh, we're going back to the cabin, officially. I mean, we kind of guessed that we were, but then he was in the diner and he said, you know, all roads lead back to the cabin, so... I want to see that. I want to see them get to the cabin. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be awesome. I know. I mean, the thing about this show is it does. It's not as fast paced as I think I've already said this, but it's not as fast paced as the movies. And so, you know, there's a lot more contemplative moments. And if they go to the cabin and it has that, it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. But I, yeah, but that's more of an aside. I can't wait either for them to go back and I bet you they spend more than one episode there. Yeah. Well, there's so many things like Chris pointed out too, that, uh, and I forgot about this, the hand in the cold opening, the hand disappears, Ruby disappears. So maybe we're going to have, you know, a showdown at the cabin or something like that. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Ruby won't reappear until they get there or something. Right. Um, which would be cool. I, uh, I wonder if we're going to have more than one episode at the cabin because the cabin's awesome, but really it is just a cabin. And you got to think that's where the sort of climax of everything is going to take place. And if they get there too soon, if we have two or three episodes there, it might feel like we're just sort of hanging around there. Well, what much. if it was number nine and 10, the last two of the season? Yeah, I mean, that might work fine. Like maybe I'm thinking they get there at the end of nine and then 10 is just when everything goes bonkers and mm -hmm. it's all cabin and the season wraps up. That would work for me, I think. The way this episode went, Ash says, there's one place we need to stop before the cabin. Oh, and yeah. then that, that guy Lem is talking to one of his, I guess, militia bosses or something on the phone. And he says, we need to arm up because the end is coming and then the next episode is called Fire in the Hole. So I'm pretty sure at least the next episode is going to be all about this militia. And then the plan is to go to get armed up, get all the ammo and everything and go to the cabin right after that. So it could be as soon as episode eight. Yeah, but right. uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if you're right, Chris, that something else comes up and delays them until the end of the season. Yeah. Now, Lem is a character that we've never seen before, right? He, right. he just is right. a friend of Ash's that showed we didn't, up. And they didn't tell us. I thought that was a little confusing. Like uh, he just introduces Lem as if we're supposed to know, but then it became pretty clear that they were trying to get ammo from him. So maybe we don't need to be spoon fed everything. I don't know. I couldn't tell whether I liked that or not. Yeah. He said when he was on the phone, Lem, Lem was talking to his boss, whose name was Crosby. So uh, I was wondering like, who's that? Who are these guys? But you're right. They're going to go get, Ash had to fool him into sort of revealing where the uh, the base is or whatever, and yeah. so they can go get the ammunition, the stockpile, yeah. Yeah, and he fooled him by letting him touch his hand. Right. <laughs> and then just <laughs> listing off places until he got it. <laughs> no, it only took two, but still. Yeah. I had to watch that twice. I was like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. It was a little confusing. Um, I, in fact, that kind of leads into my points that – 
some things, the reason why I didn't like this episode as much as you guys is some things felt a little off, like that what we just, Lem showing up out of nowhere without any explanation and that scene with the hand and with Ash eating his food really fast and then uh, he- That made me laugh, man. It was that was funny. super funny and- Kelly says you're hurting those pancakes. You're hurting the pancakes. <laughs> uh, but it was like, what, why is he doing that? I guess it's just how he eats. And then uh, he promised to pay but didn't remember it, which was kind of funny, but it seemed like there was supposed something more with that. I, I don't know. That was that paying bit was the only bit that I thought didn't quite land as a joke. It seemed like it was just so that he could tell them to go wait in the trailer. So yeah. he'd be in there by himself, and they'd be in the trailer by themselves. But Yeah, I think so, too, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that didn't quite land the joke for me, well, there's one big one I'll get to, but the little one is just the Yoda thing that Pablo said. Oh, yeah. I liked that. Did you just Yoda quote yeah. me? <laughs> I'm like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you guys say it, but I thought it was cheesy. I don't know. But see, the thing that was a little weird for me is – and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is fine, but Ash came off even creepier than usual in this one. It was kind of hit or miss. Like he was hitting on that waitress. And my favorite line of the whole episode was he says, uh, Nancy, I'm not going to be able to pay that check, but I've got something much more valuable I can give you, much more than $22.89. Double that at least. Yeah. <laughs> double that. That part made me crack up. Ash's sexual abilities are worth at least double $22.89. 45 bucks. <laughs> but, uh, but he kept, you know, he's all, so Nancy, would you like me to string your racket? And, you know, she wasn't into it. And later when he's kind of rubbing up against uh, Amanda as they're fighting and he's looking down at her cleavage, yeah. It, it was just like, dude, that's, it's not, it's getting out of the funny territory and more like, ew. I kind of oh. thought the same thing. Well, I didn't think it was creepy. I thought maybe Ash has a sexual addiction or something. I mean, he yeah, displays all the symptoms. So. Right. And it's fun. I mean, it was really fun to watch that first scene in the pilot with the woman in the bar who ended up with him in about three minutes because she went for it. But when he's doing all this stuff and the women, I don't know, I guess he was hitting on Kelly and she put him in his place in the pilot too. But in this episode, I felt a little bit more uncomfortable with it. I guess it was just like, dude, you're a creep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you that it comes off more creepy when, when someone shoots him down. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like, Back in the pilot, they set that up as sort of the kind of guy he is. Yeah. And uh, so so it doesn't surprise me too much to see him doing it some more. And, you know, it's just the way he is. It doesn't make it right. doesn't yeah. make it good. But it's kind of the no, way. It doesn't Ash surprise is. me either. Yeah. But it's just I just don't know if it's entertaining. I, I mean, I guess, you know, I think if he's successful, at least every once in a while, it, would, it might make it better for some reason. Because it's like, <laughs> if you're never successful, you, you should probably stop. <laughs> probably stop. You, you just don't have what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> Part of what he's been doing for the last 30 years. That's how he pays his bills, I guess. <laughs> I did like when uh, Amanda was kind of tr searching him and he said, oh, easy on the strike zone there or not. And then <laughs> or not. He, but then what really made it is as she was looking at him with disgust, he immediately went for her gun. So it was almost like a tactic to throw her off her guard. You're right. No, that was great. That's, you know, he he uses those sorts of powers for good and for evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. 
I cracked up when they were eating and, and, and talking about the check. He says, well, yeah, I ordered a fruit cup because I thought we were taking this check to Splitsville. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I guess that's just the one extra thing he ordered. Well, the cheapest thing on the menu. Oh, oh man, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, me for number two. It's a short one. It's just that I liked seeing the book come alive in the mm-hmm. trailer there yeah. uh, when um, when it was being attracted to Pablo's necklace or his uncle's necklace. I'm, I'm just sort of glad to see that they're doing fun things with the book and it's not just a passenger the whole time. Uh, and, and in fact, they're bringing it out, right? Because if it just stayed in that trunk or they were just traveling with it and they barely even mentioned it the whole time, I would be uh, I would be sad. So I like um, I like to see that the the book is doing stuff, and I thought it was kind of fun to see the face come alive and try to suck up the necklace or whatever mm-hmm. it was doing there. Yeah, me so. too. Book is still part of the story. Was this? Yeah. This was the first time the book did something on its own, right? In in the series, because it did it in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, has it flopped open and pages fluttered around or something? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't yeah, remember. I'm not sure. I feel like this is the first time we've really seen right. it do anything. It's been out a couple times, and Ash has read from it. But I mean, yeah, we've seen some cool animations inside the book while he while they're telling stories. But I think that's yes. just kind of like a visual metaphor, not really what was happening. No, I think you're right about that. It was I, I yeah. I mean, the, the book opening and pages flapping around and stuff are one thing. It did land on the on the couch or whatever, open to that one page. <laughs> Um, but the face on the front is really what I enjoyed seeing come alive yeah. and do something. So Yeah, it opened to that one page and I can't it seems like it's a page we've seen before. Uh I don't well, know. The there it was reminded a demon me, and a knife or something. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it also reminded me of of um the Brujo skeleton at the beginning. It sorta of looked sort of looked like him, but I could be wrong. Hmm. I think that I, page was the same page they showed in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, maybe so too. But you know, the demon has there was a knife, right? There's a demon on one page or some creature and a knife on the other page. Yeah. And we saw that uh Ruby has a knife. Maybe it's related. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. All right. Whose turn? Chris? I mean Rich. Yeah, my number two. Uh well my number two was the militia. I thought, oh, this is cool. What a you know, this is a a good part of the story to be introduced uh you know if ash does go and take control of the militia how cool would that be ash in control of a militia then heading off to the cabin i think that would be awesome if he if he had all that firepower and he really got down to business i'm guessing by the end of the militia episode ash will have a lot more guns and ammo and there will be a ton of dead militia laying around (laughs) (laughs) it makes it for some good action yeah, yeah. You don't totally. think he's going to be leading an army or anything. He's going to no, eliminate them I don't and take so. what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think he'll kill them, but well, yeah, I guess he probably will if they're all deadites, but there's going to be a big firefight, I bet, so that's going to be cool. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So, <laughs> is Lem do we assume that Lem is dead? I think he's probably possessed. Just possessed. Right? Cuz the evil came through the forest and Got right him. in his mouth, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. like we've seen so many times before. I love that scene, by the way, because yeah. it was so classic. Yeah, it's creepy. Well, Lem, you know, if Lem is possessed, he could screw things up. He could turn the militia against Ash. Yeah. Yeah, they might be waiting for him when he gets there. Yeah, so I like the yeah, whole idea cool. of having this militia part in the story. I mean, it, a lot of possibilities. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
looking for the scene in the week. forest not only did they use like the the evil cam but they did that that zoom camera move thing too when lem was on the phone yeah. and he was looking around to find it so uh-huh. a, a classic evil dead move there where like the background moves at a different rate than the foreground yeah yeah exactly yeah. i don't know how exactly they do it but i think it's moving the camera and zooming at the same time uh-huh. but it's kind of cool i like i like to see that yeah that's a cool effect it like it does something to you. It's like what is happening here yeah. for a second, you know? Uh, attention <laughs> grabs you off a bit. <laughs> All right, my turn. If they do go to the cabin, well, Ash said, in this cabin, if you go there, you would end up possessed, and I would have to cut your heads off, and that would just be bad for everybody. Which I thought was really funny. But uh, I hope we do see Pablo and or Kelly possessed and just full deadite mode. Even if he doesn't kill him, you know, maybe he'll think of some other way of dealing with it. Um, but I just think that would be really cool. Yeah. Pablo's still learning how to fight. <laughs> it was funny when he slid on the ground, emptied the clip <laughs> into the lady, and then it didn't work. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit of a bumbling fool keep, sometimes. Yeah. Keep trying, Pablo. <laughs> he is, but he's getting better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really better. fun. Well, uh, let me just go into this one then. I mean, fighting the deadites in the diner was awesome i mean i just love that and i loved when he was saying uh, you know you can't arrest me i'm the only one that knows how to and then there's like this rumble and he's all a fight fight what <laughs> like, oh crap i actually have to do what i'm saying right now but uh then the windows burst in and there's just utter chaos and I've, i'm glad to see the return of like the proper traditional deadites and then they come in with this punk rock song which was just perfect. And Kelly is like relishing slicing that guy up on the meat slicer. Oh yeah, man. She went through town on that dude. It was pretty cool. And then she's hammering him in the head. Like (laughs) I like that. I I like that attitude with the punk rock music. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Her, and she was getting her revenge, right? There was that bit earlier about her maybe not wanting to eliminate the evil right away because she wants to really go to town on it. And that's what Mm -hmm. she was doing there. Do you think Pablo had a point with that? I think maybe. I mean, she mm-hmm. lost her family, and uh, even though she says she wants to solve this whole thing, I think she wants to get a bit of revenge. But now maybe she's had it, so mm-hmm. she can move on. So yeah, I think it's a bad idea to try and destroy that book, though. Probably. I don't think destroying the book is, is going to be easy. No. If you don't have any guidance, I wouldn't fuck with it. Yeah. (laughs) Considering Ash's background, if he tries to destroy the book, it'll probably just unleash some more hell on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was pretty bold to kill that kid. Oh, yeah. Man, that's what I mean about I didn't see things coming. Like, I thought the kid was going to run out and be safe because it's a kid. (laughs) But then, nope, ends up in the ceiling fan. Yeah. I thought too, you know, what kind of took me a little a little bit back is, uh, you know, the the kid getting it, and then you have, uh, and then you have, you know, there's it was, it was a lot of gratuitous evil and violence. It's a little bit hardcore because you had Ash, you know, when Pablo and and Kelly came in with his chainsaw and gun, and then he's making wise cracks, you know, uh, behind him while the little boy's corpse is twitching on the fan in the background. I'm like, yeah. holy cow, man! Yeah. He's like, what? You never saw anybody with a chainsaw for a hand? Yeah, and there's a kid. His leg is twitching, and I'm like, hey, that's a kid. <laughs> but that's the thing, yeah. We, like, even they 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 keep a perky attitude in the show, and it's 
just the tone because it's kind of a comedy. You know, they can't really act as if these things were really happening or it would be The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. It, would be, it, it would be far more upsetting if, yeah. if they thought these things were really happening. Yeah. <laughs> it cracked me up too when the, the detective, Kelly's, uh, Kelly's boss there, I forget his name, Lieutenant um, Doyle or Boyle or something like that. And he was holding up Ash's police sketch. And Ash makes the same exact face on the sketch for a brief second. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it is him. <laughs> that really is him. Yeah. I thought that dude looked a lot like Ash's old boss, and especially so as a deadite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Confusing for yeah. a second. How many deadites yeah. were there? There were two, right? Well, there's the waitress and the boss. Is that it? Yeah, the so. cook, the chef never got up, right? He chef. took something to the head. I don't think he ever got up. Who was... The uh, kid with the skate in his head. Oh, yeah. Well, those two kids walked out, and then they were outside when the windows blew in, and they got blown back into the diner and with died, skates in their right? head, yeah. Who was in the... With Kelly, who was she hammering? The waitress. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then it was interesting too that when they people get possessed who they don't know very well, they just go right to town on them. You know, I talked about this last week when Kelly was possessed. It was a little different. It felt more like an exorcist type possession than a deadite, if there's any difference. But it's also that we know her, so yeah. Ash won't just kill her right mm-hmm. away. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. They don't hesitate <laughs> at all when it's someone they don't know. Yeah. Plus Ash or Ash's girlfriend, Linda. Maybe Ash saw his chance to get out of paying that check. <laughs> He's like, right on. I can deal with this. <laughs> I'm going to kill every person in this place. Yeah. And I don't have to pay my bill. <laughs> Love this joint. <laughs> did Ash, when he was in the bathroom just before uh, Amanda walked in, did he put, was that candy that he put into the sink for to splash on himself? Like a cologne? It looked like, it like a like lozenge. Or something. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> That part cracked me up, too. I know. Gold. Yeah, gold. That was a little weird, but uh, it was pretty interesting. I wonder if it works. <laughs> I'm going to try it. <laughs> you smell sweet. It's <laughs> good stuff. I wonder, yeah, it, do you think there was any chance that waitress was going to meet him back there? No. I don't think there was any chance. No, well, <laughs> she had her husband right there. That was funny, too. Well, we got to keep this on the download. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Ash has no concern for anything else. Husband like, could be there, or whatever, but he doesn't want to be a, fa- a home wrecker. You know? Yeah, he's like, my my husband's right there. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Well, just meet me on the down low, uh, and I, I'm warning you, you might want to marry me after that, but I can't go there. Family values. Yeah, values. <laughs> it's so contradictory. Sure, we'll go do it in the bathroom, but family values. Yeah, and then he's all, meet me in three minutes, toots. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that line. That was pretty good. I, like I don't that. know. Maybe when it's like if he's being creepy, it all, you know, it helps if the girl is into it, then it doesn't seem as creepy. But also if he's creepy and they're not into it, but it's funny, then uh, I can forgive it because yeah. I'm laughing. Yeah. But uh, with Amanda at the end, I didn't think that was very funny either. It just seemed creepy again. <laughs> <laughs> a little funny but i don't know what were you saying chris oh, i was just gonna ask you when he's in the bathroom after he does the candy thing and he and she, uh he she comes in and he says they say waitresses don't get a big tip but in this case or something and yeah, that, and, yeah. It, and it was amanda was that creepy or funny you know it would have been a little funnier if he hadn't already made a tip joke 
a little earlier. Oh, he yeah. said something. What was it? I can't remember now, but he said, uh, oh, he, he, wait a minute. Maybe I think I'm, the tip joke, the other tip joke was later after. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. With the screwdriver. With, yeah. Here's a tip. Yeah, okay. A you're right. No, I think that was funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was good. <laughs> Had to analyze it a little bit, but it yeah. turns out it's funny. <laughs> turns out funny. Yeah. Good. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I thought it was funny. I yeah. liked everything. In fact, my number one is just generally the fight in the diner. Mm-hmm. And I thought all the one-liners really hit well. And the main thing I liked is that they, they kind of incorporated everybody. You know, Pablo got a, a scene, not only just throwing the chainsaw and the gun over to Ash, but he got his scene sliding along the floor, sort of action movie style. And Kelly got her whole thing with the meat slicer. Um, thin slice, just how I like it, she says. Uh <laughs> And then, and Ash had lots of stuff to do and Amanda was there. So I thought it was just a great use of everybody and it was really chaotic and amazing. And uh, we've talked about it mostly already. But one more thing I noticed is that Ash was pretty badass the whole time. He was able to to kick a lot of Deadite's ass. Amanda, on the other hand, really got sort of uh, knocked out by them. She didn't really do much. She was on the ground most of the time. Yeah. Which is a good contrast between those two, you know, mm-hmm. experienced Deadite killer and uh, not so experienced Deadite killer. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I thought that was classic. She's on the ground, kind of in that helpless pose while Ash is out there battling the Deadites, you know? Yeah, yeah, because she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't have the experience, you know, that he does. She's yeah. still, yeah, knocked off balance by this whole thing. That was my number two, too. I mean, my number one was the whole battle there in the, uh, the diner. I thought that was awesome. It was my favorite Deadite battle that we've seen so far. The Deadites are getting brazen, man. They're attacking entire diners now. That's right. It's cool that it was in a diner. It feels like the same way I felt at the end of Army of Darkness when they were in S-Mart. Just this really typically American setting mm-hmm. that worked really well for yeah. some reason. You think you're safe. Yeah. And I love that they've ha- they, they do a good job of picking uh, settings. And each episode, I think, well, maybe not the first one, but they they generally take place in one interesting place, like the bookstore, Brujo's place, now the diner. Yeah. P- pretty cool. Next week, probably Militia. Which yeah. I was just going to say next week it'll be there. <laughs> All right. Let's see. We already kind of talked about a lot of this. Okay. So then I'll just do some lines that I liked. I already mentioned a couple, but um, I liked when Pablo said, Ash, if I was a deadite, I would be honored to have you chop my head off. And he's like, well, thanks, Pablo. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> like, since you said that. It's nice of you, man. Let's yeah. appreciate that. Good point. All right. Then, you, then you'd appreciate it? Okay, cool. Uh, then Ash says, this is a little one, but he says to Pablo and Kelly, just go wait in the trailer. I'll pay up. When he said that, he kind of, I think it was deliberate, waved his hand sort of like Ben Kenobi these aren't the droids you're looking for. Oh, did he? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Uh, then, of course, he says, I do me all day long. Yeah. And the camera flashes right on this kid in the other stall, which is really what made that joke work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo made me laugh when he was talking to to, uh, to Kelly. Yeah. He said, <laughs> you were in full on bone mode, like a praying uh. mantis. <laughs> me too that was one of my favorite lines i yeah. wrote that one down the praying mantis what does that mean <laughs> and then uh <laughs> you sort of get it though 
Yeah, it makes sense, but it doesn't. <laughs> and then Ash says uh, at the end, well, good news. Found some pie without any blood on it. <laughs> Anyone yeah. want a bite? Anybody want a bite? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, see, lots of good funny stuff here. Yeah. So do you think uh, Pablo and uh, Kelly have like settled how their relationship is going to be? Kind of put a, a period on the end of it, I thought. No, I don't think it's settled, but that that's feeling a bit repetitive to me. It's like every episode you see that Pablo is interested in Kelly and Kelly thinks of him as a little brother. Yeah. So we need some development there, but I, I wonder, I, there's got to be some development. So that to me means maybe they'll get together by the end of it. Mm. Maybe, or they could just kind of go for the the comedy value of him being in love with her and sort of it being really one-sided. There's probably yeah. some stuff they could do there, you know? Yeah, um, I think you're right, yeah. But uh, who knows? They could drag that out a long time. They could. And yeah, I, as long as they find new and interesting ways of showing him being unsuccessful with her. Right, right, absolutely. It could, <laughs> it could go a long time. Right. Yeah. But it was interesting that she seemed a little offended that he turned her down. Yeah. You turned me down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Seems typical. I had a few, a few notes. So Ash's hand missing. I love that. She looks down. Where'd it go, Amanda? Yeah. Yeah. Where did it go? It skittered off. Where did Ruby go? Come, come back at some point and cause lots of trouble. Ruby is coming back too to cause more trouble. So I bet you. Many questions. <laughs> um. Let's see. Ah, that's it. We already talked about everything else. Yeah. The only other note I have is, well, two things. Um, Kelly refers to her, she refers to herself as ugly, right? I think she says, I want ugly mug yeah. to, to be the deadites to be this ugly mug or something. Well, I disagreed with that, which is, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, and then in the, in the bathroom of the, of the diner, when Ash's face goes into the water or the, the water at the bottom of the pee wall that just grows. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> that was gross. I've been in uh, bathrooms like that. And uh, that is not somewhere I'd want to put my face. <laughs> <laughs> Generally. No. Generally. No. Yeah. Rich, anything else? Uh, the only thing else I had was uh, Ash's hand. I thought that was pretty cool. How like a screw, what was it? A screwdriver popped out of it. Got like a Leatherman tool there for his hand. I'm kind of interested <laughs> to see what else he's got in there. Yeah, he's got a multi-tool hand. As long as it's not like every any tool he ever needs at any moment comes out of that thing, um, I'm okay with it. But if it's just a screwdriver and what was the other thing they mentioned a couple episodes ago? Pablo was putting it in. Some uh, hair squirter for his <laughs> hair dye. Right. Yeah. He'll probably be able to use that as a flamethrower or something at some point. So Yeah. We'll <laughs> we'll I'm going to have to cut, learn to accept this hand because every time I say it, I go, oh. <laughs> yeah i thought yeah. it was cool when they came in with this chainsaw and gun that yeah. was pretty cool that it was, was awesome. but the whole throwing it to him that we've seen twice now i don't know i don't want them to do that constantly because throwing mm -hmm. it to him and having him you know land perfectly on the on the wrist and lock into place <laughs> it looks cool but it's kind of ridiculous and it'll yeah. get more and more ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah I, I was okay with it the second time but maybe that's good enough <laughs> but see, and the other problem is enough. every time I say something ri is ridiculous, I'm like, what am I complaining about? I mean, yeah. this is this is yeah. what this show is, and yeah. it, you know, things that are ridiculous, we love. So, yeah. 
it's just if it i feel like there is a line where if it crosses it then suddenly you don't feel any um you don't worry about the fates of the characters because you if it's more like a cartoon you know it's like tom and jerry you know that even if tom sticks jerry in the eyeball with a fork he's going to be just fine and (laughs) so then it's just a comedy which is fine but what i like about evil dead is it's a horror comedy and you can't really have horror unless you have scary parts and you can't really be scared if you know that anything is possible and that these people aren't really human yeah but it's 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 at the same time i don't really find myself afraid for the character's well-being yet uh, I do sort of see the the scariness and the horror element to it a little bit, anyways. It's they've somehow managed to create this this weird new genre, right? Where it's a horror comedy that works, even though it's ridiculous, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's almost hard to say out loud, sort of what it is. But it's really lo- for me. It it's it's firmly in the territory of army of darkness where I'm appreciating it more as a comedy than a horror at this point. But there are parts that are still kind of scary, but it's not like evil dead Two, where you you were freaked out watching it. I mean, even that wasn't like the scariest thing ever, but it, you know, it's, this is way less for me scary than that. Yeah. My daughter, she was saying that she didn't get the show. I think that happens to a lot of people. They'll watch it and they're like, what, what the hell is this? Is it supposed to be a comedy? Is it supposed to be, a horror, you know, they don't get it at first. So maybe you have yeah. to watch it a few times and then you, you give in to the fact that it's a ridiculous show Yeah, <laughs> with lots of ridiculous <laughs> moments and then you can appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I, and I do appreciate it. I just, um, there's a part of me that wishes it was more like more in the horror direction, but they do have a lot of that still. And you are scared for the people who aren't Ash, Pablo and Kelly. So, yeah. I'm, I, I don't want to complain too much because I'm loving it. <laughs> That's, That's the, the bottom line. It is it is amazing, and it's it's mm-hmm. a great show, and I'm loving it too. So. Yeah. It is cool. I'm really looking forward to it every week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. There's a sign on the wall. There's a wish when I'm different the wall. There's a eye. There's a heart. There's a perspective that we go through the park. Or am I bringing out, bringing out, bringing out, bringing out? All right, it's time for the news this week. Um, there's a few things. Virgin Media has bought the rights for Ash vs. Evil Dead in the UK which is exciting. So what they're going to do is put the first five episodes uh, on demand for Virgin TV customers. In fact, they're available now already as of, I think, December 1st. So some people may have already seen them. Um, And then the rest will be released one per week as they become available in the U.S. So people in the U.K., you can now officially get uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead if you weren't already. (laughs) Awesome. Which is good. So more viewers, you know, mm-hmm. more people around the world are going to see it and then hopefully come and listen to us. Yeah. And spread the word. <laughs> and spread the word. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick quote. Senior VP Mar- Mara Winokur at uh, Stars said fans throughout the world have been thirsting for the return of Ash. Stars is thrilled to partner with Virgin Media and honored 
that the truly groovy new hit series, Ash vs. Evil Dead, was selected to kick off its new on-demand programming initiative for UK audiences. So uh, a lot of Evil Dead references in that one quote. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up is that, uh, so Ash, or Bruce Campbell, I should say, he sent out a tweet um, last week. And he, what he did is he leaked an Ash versus the Walking Dead script. So some people may have seen this already, but it's pretty funny. And guys, I thought it would be awesome for the three of us here to to perform this script for everyone because there really are three parts. Any case, We're going to do the whole script. Yeah, the, like ho- the whole script. It's pretty All long. Right. Let's but, do it. Yeah, but, but I think we've got time. I think it'll be good. So I'm going to be the narrator and Jason... Well, maybe I won't even say who your characters are going to be. We'll just let people uh, figure it out. Figure it out. So here we go. Are you guys ready? Ready. Sure. All right. So exterior, hospital, daytime. Still dressed in his hospital gown and disoriented from his coma, Rick Grimes exits the hospital and stares in disbelief. The parking lot and entire visible landscape are littered with decaying, decapitated corpses. Rick stumbles towards the street and sees a 1973 Oldsmobile Delta Royale parked in the center of a spiral of bloody bodies. Sitting on the hood of the car is a gore-splattered ash. Rick panicked. What the hell is going on? Ash. Zombie apocalypse. You might as well go back to sleep. I took care of it. The end. (laughs) so hopefully that is funny i thought it was pretty good uh sort of a hilarious joke you know we've had uh, we've had zombie apocalypse for like years on the walking dead but if only ash was there would have just taken care of it bruce has been uh given little jabs you know in good all in good fun to walking dead uh, during the evil dead or asher's evil dead press tour and uh, it makes sense to do that since that's such a popular show. And this is a nice sort of uh, counter programming to it. Of course, yeah. the shows aren't similar in any way, really, <laughs> other than there's sort of zombies in this one. So. But uh, I think there might be a pretty big crossover audience, at least the Walking Dead fans who really love the gore and horror aspect of it. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's lots. Uh, anyways, that was fun. So if you hadn't seen that, it was uh, Bruce Campbell tweeted that out uh, earlier this week. So go take a take a read. Um, Evil Dead the musical. I know it always seems like there's news about this, but uh, that's because there always is. And it is returning to Toronto, where it premiered uh, something like 16 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. Wow. Uh, and in case anyone is in that area, which is you know where I'm from, it's starting February 12th. 2016. It will be running for 16 days at the Randolph Theater, Thursday through Sunday, and tickets are available now. So if you can get to it, I've seen it. I highly recommend it. Uh, and I would uh, I would say go see it. It's pretty fun. Pretty cool. I guess we're playing it here at the Walker Stalker Con on video. So I've heard somebody tell me that and that they said it was really good. Oh, really? Evil Dead the Musical is mm-hmm. playing here? Yeah, there's a there's a room that they just kind of screen videos and stuff. So they played it a couple of times. Oh, fun. I didn't even know that. But that's cool. That's cool. So if you've seen that or or but if you want to go see it live, you might have a chance. It seems to be going around. It's been it's had 150 different productions in in cities all over the world. So it's really been out there. And the New York Times apparently called it the next Rocky Horror Picture Show back when it premiered, which is pretty high praise. Pretty cool. 
All right, finally, uh, Sam Raimi news, really quick. His movie Dark Man is coming to Netflix in December. In case you've been jonesing for more, Sam Raimi, Dark Man stars Liam Neeson and Francis McDormand, and it will be available, or is already available as of December 1st. Uh, that's a movie I've never seen. One of the few Sam Raimi movies I haven't seen, so now is your chance to check it out if you're in the same boat as I am. Right on. Have you guys seen Dark Man? Yeah, I saw it uh, last night, actually. Wow. <laughs> I was watching it on Netflix. <laughs> Convenient. It was pretty cool. It was a uh, it was classic Sam Raimi style. It was a little slow, I thought, you know, compared to his more recent stuff. But it was still it was it was fun to see Liam Neeson too. So young, so strong. Good old Liam Neeson with a particular set of skills. Yep. I saw it back when it premiered, and the only thing I remember is Liam Neeson wrapped up like in bandages, right? Yeah, and they had one of those shots that Sam Raimi does that we talked about with the zooming. That's it. <laughs> That's sometimes what you'd remember from from him. So, well, you can check it out again if you want to. It's on Netflix now. Right. On. Hey guys, have you ever have you heard have you ever have you heard any of the Walking Dead cast or members talked about the Evil Dead series? Well. The main, the executive producer and the guy who's in charge of all the makeup and uh, uh, practical special effects, Greg Nicotero, he was a special effects person on Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, as well as a bunch of Romero, uh, you know, zombie movies and a whole bunch of movies over the years. So when I did a panel with him in Atlanta, I opened up just by saying, are you excited about Ash vs. Evil Dead? Like we talked about it for a few minutes and he's like, yeah, you know, I wish I could work on that, but I just busy over here and the whole audience seemed pretty into it too. Oh, that's cool. It would have been great if he was involved, but I can understand the guy. The guy seems like he has so much on his plate, Craig Nicotero with Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and everything else he does. So. Yeah, definitely. All right, very cool. Now it's time for some listener feedback. Rich, wanna? Sure. Let's see, it's uh, Bernard Schaefer. He writes, uh, "Been enjoying Evil Dead cast. I look forward to your show every week. You guys are doing a great job, but you guys are way off about that last episode. It absolutely rocked. It had substance and didn't need one-liners." Mm. And I wrote back to him and said, oh, but that's what Chris said. That's exactly what he said. And he's like, yeah, you should listen to him. Yeah, see? I know what I'm talking about. Except he's going to write in this week and say, this episode was terrible and Chris has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) No, he seemed pretty enthusiastic about it. All right. Brian Campbell says, okay, guys, thanks so much for casting this masterpiece of mayhem. I've been so pleasantly surprised by the awesome sauciness of this series so far. This episode just accomplished the perfect balance of guffaws, gore, and guts. Gore and guts are different in the balancing equation. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) uh, love diner scenes for some reason and LOL when Kelly 86, the waitress. Also love that local boys, Ramey and Campbell, remember that Michigan is chock full of militias. A little confused by the ge- geography of the series as, quote, Texas seems to be a town in mid-Michigan. Eh, who's paying attention when you've got a middle-aged Lothario scattering intestines across the screen? <laughs> yeah, geography's <laughs> probably not their first concern. <laughs> Ridiculous. I didn't get that reference, though. Was something, were they in a town called Texas or something? I don't uh, know. Uh, I think uh, maybe she was referring to the title of the diner, maybe. What was it? Uh, yeah, I can't remember now. Texas Diner or something? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> can't remember. 
Anyway, cool. Thanks, man. Uh, all right. Hoyt Jennings writes, really loved last week's episode. The 12-gauge bong was awesome, but not as awesome as Ash dropping F-bombs through his gag. I simply can't <laughs> love this show enough. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> 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 all right now it's time for next week on ash versus evil dead next week on ash versus evil dead episode 107 titled fire in the hole extreme measures are taken to escape a deadly situation while more of ruby's mission is revealed okay then there we go so we'll see her before yeah before it all accumulates accumulates yeah we wouldn't we won't even skip one episode. It sounds like, which is good. That is good. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna find out. Yeah, I guess we'll find out that she's after the book and not so much Ash. I love that too. I mean, I was starting to get a little bored with just her feelings. You know, like she wanted to get vengeance. This is way more interesting. I yeah. think. I think so too. And it it does open up questions. Uh, like like we've already said, just why does she want it so bad? What's her actual true motivation? And is yeah. she really more evil than good? You know, who knows? Yeah, I think she's evil. I think we. <laughs> I think you may be onto something. Ruby's not evil, guys. <laughs> no, I was talking about Lucy Lawless. Oh, <laughs> she's evil for sure. Alright, that's our show, episode 9. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. Uh, you can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out our other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. Got shows about Walking Dead, Once Upon a Time, sci-fi movies, comic books, interviewing other podcasters. I think that about covers it. I hope I didn't miss anyone. All kinds of great Game stuff. Game of Thrones the, coming up. Yeah. On the network. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. stuff. Do you, are you, you're into Game of Thrones, right, Chris? Oh, yeah. Big time. You should guest on there sometime. I'd I, love to have you. I, I would love to do it. Yeah. I, I cool. need to study up on my Game of Thrones. Um, not that I'm behind or anything, but uh, occasionally no, I feel like... when I, we did last season, I had to study before every episode of the podcast. It felt like I was in a history class. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just got to make sure I remember who everyone is and exactly. where they are and what they're doing. So it's a complicated show, but yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll swallow your soul.